to Ablaze Ministries International Podcast. We are the youth and young adults of Hope Church Brisbane. For more information about our ministries, weekly gatherings and activities, please visit our website at www.ablaze.org.au. And right now, get ready for an inspiring message and start living out your God-given potential today. just really praise God for what he has done yeah if you praise God with me just shout hallelujah excellent you know um actually I remember when um a few two years ago when Dylan and the boys they they came over we watched alien movie <laughs> we watched x-men overnight like throughout the night and then they play game two morning and um, I remember when we had devotion in the morning um Dylan actually shares about his dreams and his passion to be able to go into, you know, his um, university and start something. And today, God has been using you so much. So, you know what? That's such a great testimony for what the Lord can really do in and through ordinary people, just like all of us as well. So, yeah, that's fantastic. So, I really pray that you guys will be thinking about how can I be a part of God's plan? How can I be a part of his, you know, use? you know, across Brisbane and beyond, because I really believe that the Lord can really do so much more. Amen? Amen. Excellent. And can we also thank all the worship team, everyone here. You guys are fantastic. Thank you so much. Okay, excellent. Um, hey, guys, if you have not registered for CAM, you guys should do it by today. And um, I really believe God for such a great time together that we can come and celebrate what God has been doing in the blaze. And every time at camp, we see God move so much more. We see God move so much more. It's a little bit too low for me. Oh, uh, yes. And, um, you know, this camp in particular, we actually call it Rise, right? For such a time as this. And we are going to look at the book of Esther. So I want to tell you guys this in advance because in your quiet time that you guys can start reading um, this is one of the books in the Old Testament, the book of Esther. We're going to be looking at the story of the Queen Esther for such a time as this that God used her to change the history. You know what? We can be a part of that. And it's going to be a fun time together that we're going to be playing games. You guys excited for games? Come on. Yeah, we are excited for games. And we are going to have skit night as well. So... I think next week um, they're trying to actually get something started with the theme for the skit and everything. So we can prepare. This year we're going to ask you guys to prepare before camp so you guys can get your prop costumes, everything's ready for our fun time at skit night. It's going to be fantastic. All right. Now, if you do have um, any financial difficulties, please come and talk to me or the leaders. We are going to try our best to help you to do the camp. We have scholarship made available for you as well. And the whole thing about scholarship is not just about giving you money, okay, come, but we want you to be really wanting to come. So that's why scholarship is there for, okay? So um, I want to encourage all of us, you know what? It's not about how many people turn up at camp, but it's about, you know, the expectation and the anticipation of what God can do in and through us at camp as well. So, you know, God has used um, a blaze camp every year to change life as well. And um, two weeks ago, I think about a week ago, our uh, church in Kuching, Ablaze Kuching, they also had the camp called Presence, and it was fantastic. And, um, you know, I, I really believe that God um, is going to do a great, great thing in and through Ablaze Camp Brisbane as well. So, yeah, so I want you guys to get excited about that. Okay, cool. Okay, tonight I would like to continue with our series. You guys know what series we're on at the moment. Dare. Can you say with me, dare? Dare, living beyond yourself. Last week, I started this series, and I showed you a video. If you did not see that, go to Facebook and watch the video on Facebook on my account. You will see some of the highlights that some of us actually went to the Philippines a few weeks ago, and we, we, we have so much great time, you know, serving the poor and just bringing the good news of Jesus to the people of the Philippines. And we also spent time training the people at our Hope Church there in Manila. And, um, you know, 
what the Lord actually has done in my heart is actually so much more than what I can actually explain to you. I'm still digesting it all. But I really hope that this will be a key message for all of us here tonight as well. That God has placed you here for such a time as this to live beyond yourself. So this is a second um, installment of this series. So I just got a short clip to show you guys and then we're going to get tonight's message going. Let's have a look. Facebook today before I came to church, we all have one life to live, and it's all about knowing how to live that life, so make it count today. So the second uh, sermon that I want to share with you tonight is about, you know, um, the significant life that God wants to really bless us with, and it's all about making our life count. You know what, maybe most of you guys here, you guys are very young, and the young people I'm talking to tonight, maybe a few, but you know what? It doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are. The thing is that things in life are constantly changing. You agree? You don't know exactly what's going to happen tomorrow. But one thing that we know for sure is that God is with us. And when we believe in Jesus, we have this new life in him. And John 10 says this, that Jesus came to give us a life, a life to the full is the full, is life to the max that he wants us to experience. And we all have a part to play in that. You know, God has given us a gift. The fact that you're still breathing today because God is not done with you yet. You know what? Heaven is our permanent home. <clears throat> We're just walking through this world, right? But one thing we know for sure is that God allows us to be here for such a time as this to be a part of his great plan. And this plan is not for yourself. I can tell you that this plan is not just for your own comfort, for your own fortune, for your own luxury. It's not about you. I, you know, it's not about I, me and myself, but it's really about <coughs> living out God's given destiny and the full potential he has for all of us. Amen. I came across this quote and it said here that this life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. Anyone here seen this before? The next slide, please. The life will soon, this life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. Think about that for a moment. You know, it's true because if we live this life with the eternal perspective, we know that our lives on earth are so short. 60 years versus eternity. Woo! We're talking about not even a drop of water in ocean you know like you can't compare 60 years 70 years on earth and eternity and we know one thing is that we all live forever the question here is that where will we be right and we know it's a promise of God that when we live our lives in Jesus we believe in him that our permanent place will be in heaven but for the fact that we're here on earth it's something that today we have to really ask ourselves many questions. And one of the questions that I want to leave you guys here tonight is that, are we living our life to the fullest potential that God has given to us? And I can tell you this, that this life is not meant to be for yourself. It doesn't matter where you're at today in your personal walk with God, but I can tell you one thing is, is that this life that you have today is not meant to be for yourself. It's meant to be for God and for his glory and for other people. 
So it's my prayer today that all of us here will start thinking and asking this year's question today. You know, for the next few weeks, I really pray that Holy Spirit will drop, I don't know, just a seed of vision in your life that you begin to think about not just how much of money I'm going to make when I start working or how many, you know, children I'm going to have when I get married. It's not about all those things, even though, even though those things are fantastic, they're great, there's a part of God's blessing for all of us. But I want us to think about the calling and the purpose of God on your life. Don't you wait until you get 30 years old and you start thinking about it. It's going to be a bit too late. You know, I still remember when I was 19, that was the first time that I began to ask this question. And praise God that today I'm still here by the grace of God. Even though I'm not really, you know, seeing everything that I want to see yet, but I'm on my way. And I really pray that God will help me until the day that I will say, yes, Lord. Woo! I've done my best and you are my reward. Amen. You know, God has placed a desire in our heart, in your heart for a reason. We are different, wonderfully different. You are so special, unique in so you in so different ways, you know, from one another. But one of the things that we know for sure is that God will orchestrate and he will bring everything, everyone together and mold us towards the purpose of God. That's what he can do. Our part is to follow along and allow him to do that work in our lives. So true joy and fulfillment is found in discovering the purpose that God's given to us and then pursuing it passionately. You know, I talk to a lot of young people and um, from my background in, you know, teaching at university, I spoke to a lot of graduates, a lot of engineers that when they graduated, they worked for about three years, four years, and then they moved, they changed their job. That's really common nowadays. You know, and with some of you here, you might be studying really hard today. You want to get good career. Fantastic. That's great. But let me tell you, there's something more than just your career. It's your vocation, and that is your purpose in life. You will change job. Anyone say you work in McDonald's before? All right. Anyone say you work in maybe a restaurant before? I have worked in a restaurant before. You know, but I'm not doing it today. You know, job, career might change, but my vocation, I'm a servant of the Most High, that will never change. And I know one thing for sure is that, that I can discover the true fulfillment in my life when I allow God to show me what he has for me. So, you know, tonight I want to share this scripture with you. And it's a little bit different from, you know, other times I shared about, like, great people in the Bible. Because sometimes we talk about Moses, you know, we talk about Paul. We talk about Peter. We talk about those big guys, you know, who got big guns. I'm kidding. Those people, you know, who are quite famous in the Bible and they're very fantastic. They're great leaders, right? But today I want to talk about someone who's, you know, seldom mentioned. And maybe some of you guys, you never heard um, this person's name before. And this person's a lady, okay? So I want you guys to turn to the book of Acts chapter 9. Okay, let's turn to the book of Acts chapter 9. 36 to 43. Okay, I said last week, everyone should bring along the Bible. If you don't have one, ask me. We got free Bibles to give away, but you should bring it along. Okay, so um, this is a story <coughs> of um, the apostles' work, especially the apostle Peter. And in this passage, we're going to be looking at this um particular uh, woman, her name is Tabitha, or, or in Greek, her name is Dorcas, Dorcas, okay? So in Acts 9, 36 to 33, 43, sorry, in Joppa, there was a disciple named Tabitha, Tabitha. In Greek, her name is Dorcas. She was always doing good and helping the poor. About that time, she became sick and died, and her body was washed and placed in, up, in an upstairs room. Okay, Lydda was near Joppa, so it's another place. So when the disciples heard that Peter was in Lydda, they sent two men to him and urged him, please come at once. 
Peter went with them, and when he arrived, he was taken upstairs to the room. All the widows stood around him, crying and showing him the robes and the other clothing that Dorcas had made while she was still with them. Verse 40. Peter sent them all out of the room. Then he got down on his knees and prayed, turned towards the dead woman. He said, Tapita, Tapita, get up. She opened her eyes and seeing Peter, she sat up. She, he took her by the hand and helped her to her feet. Then he called the, for the believers, especially the widows, and presented her to them alive. This became known to, um, sorry, became known all over Joppa, and many people believed in the Lord. Peter stayed in Joppa for some time um, with a tanner named Simon. Can we pray? Father, I want to thank you so much for tonight, and we just want to commit this time to you, Lord. I pray, Father, all scripture is God's breathed and is useful for teaching, correcting, training, and building your people in your righteousness so that every man and woman of God may be thoroughly equipped. The world will pass away, but the word will remain forever. I thank you for a blaze, and we thank you for the vision you have given to us that we are here, oh God, Lord, the discipling generations who change nations, and we commit our lives to you today in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. So tonight... I want to focus more on the story of this lady or this woman rather than the miracle work that done by the Apostle Peter. Basically, in this passage, we learn about this woman. And one thing that we should learn about, we, that we can learn about her is that she was helping the poor, the needy, those who actually were in need. You know, she's sewing clothing. She provided clothing for them. She was helping them. The scriptures actually suggests that she was living just like many of us here, just doing what she could do to bless other people. And she was greatly loved by others. Why? Because when she, because when she died, they were weeping about her. They were crying, we have to get her out from the dead. And they heard about the coming of the disciples. That's why they went to ask Peter and to come and pray so that this woman can actually come back to life once again. She was so well loved by other people. You know, when she died, people missed her so much. And her legacy of helping others lived on. So today I want to focus on this character. You know, because not a lot of time that we heard about her, but in this passage, the Bible records her story for us to learn from. And many of us here, you know, maybe you think, that, oh, I'm not going to be a preacher. Yeah, maybe you're not going to be a preacher, and that's okay. Maybe, you know, I'm not going to be planting churches. Maybe, you know, you can be a part of church planting. You might not be a pastor or evangelist. Or, you know, sometimes we can get caught up with this notion that we have to be someone who is great, well-known, significant, you know, on the stage. People should see me. And that means I live a life of significance. But I can tell you this, that the more I study about this lady's life and understand one thing, the more I know that she actually lived a life of significance. And God was pleased with her. That's why today we're studying about her today. So I want to really help all of us here to understand this principle from her life today. You know, that we all here can live a life of significance. And the five things I want to share with you. How can we live a life of significance based upon this woman, Tabitha? How can we do that? Dorcas, you know, how can we really live this life today? Even you're a student, you're working, or you are looking for a job, or, you know, you are in transition, or whatever it is that you are in today, that you can live our everyday life with Jesus significantly. The first thing we see here is this, that, Start following Jesus. Living a significant life, start by following Jesus. Say with me, start following Jesus. You know, in this, in this passage, we learn that Dorcas or Tabitha, she was one of the disciples. She actually got saved. When you read Acts chapter 8, you probably come across you know, um, the work of the disciples, the preaching of the gospel actually went to different towns and she actually came to know the Lord through the work of the disciples and she became the followers of Jesus. She became the followers of Jesus. 
You know what? One thing that I believe is this, that true significance begins with God, comes first of all from having that relationship with the living God, being his child. We're talking about significance in the eyes of the Lord, not in the eye of the world. They start with following Jesus, following God. Do you know in the world, people seek significance through different things, through various ways, like through prominence, you know, possessions or pleasures. You know, many times we view all these things, you know, we have to get the most expensive car, we have to get the most expensive house, we have to get the best looking girlfriend or boyfriend, you know, many, many times we are bombarded by the value of the world. That we think that we got to have this, we got to have that in order to be branded as successful people. But let me tell you this, that to God, what, whatever that lasts for eternity, that is significant. I'm not saying having all these things are really bad, but to God, His value is always in eternity. So whatever we're doing today, if it has some value in eternity... You know, that's why today I'm doing what I'm doing today because I'm investing in your eternity. You know, one thing that I know for sure is, is that I can't bring my iPhone 6 with me. I don't have it yet to heaven. I can't bring my car with me. I can't bring my house with me. I can't bring my favorite, favorite toy with me. I can't bring anything with me to heaven. But one thing that I can do today and make sure that will come with me is people. That's why Lisa and myself, Lisa and I, we have been doing ministry because of that reason. Because we're investing in people's lives. You know what, when I used to work outside church, I mean, I used, I've been working for church for a long, long time. But I became full-time back in 2007. Before that, I was a lecturer. I did a lot of casual teachings and all that. I can tell I earned a lot of money. You know, but when we came church staff, the church is good. You know, the church actually doing the best that, you know, it can to help support the people who serve the church. We know one thing is that if you want to work for church, you know, money is not something that you would actually go for. Because the value of working or serving the Lord in ministry is not about money or having a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot in your bank account. But it's the fulfillment that comes from seeing people growing with Jesus. You know, every time when I see people got baptized in water, oh my goodness, that is like my biggest joy ever in life and in ministry. Because that goes to show that people make the decision to follow Jesus. It, ne it, it never gets old to me. When people say, yes, I want to follow you. When they hear a testimony like Dylan, yes, that's it. When they hear people who just get fired for God and, you know, and maybe going through a tough time. You know, I'm not saying that we have to pretend to be happy all the time. No, but when people struggle and they go through different rough patches and they actually come out from that place of the valley and then they got up with Jesus. That is a real joy for me. That's a real joy for us. So to God, guys. Whatever that has value for eternity, to him, that is significant. Don't get fooled by what the world is saying to you today. Let me read you from the book of Matthew, chapter 6, 19 to 21. Do not store up for yourself treasures on earth where moth or vermin destroy, but, and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moth and vermin do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in or steal. You think it's too high? <laughs> For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. You know what? This is what Jesus said. He values in something that is eternal, not just right here. You know, what we have right here is great, but that, ooh, it's better. Say it with me, it's better. It's better. You know, Jesus asked his followers to forsake everything and follow him, to seek for all of this. And that because he wanted to teach them that beyond success, God desired for us to live a life of significance. And that significance begins with God. Can you say with me, significance begins with God. 
you know what? You can be really, 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 really good in the world. You can be really, 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 really great in the world. But without God at the center and in the picture, it won't mean anything in eternity. That's why as Christ followers, we don't just pursue the things of the world. Actually, we shouldn't. The Bible said we should seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And everything will be added unto us. You see, don't get me wrong. It's not about trying to do good things or try to do good works that will help us to feel like, yeah, I am being significant. But it's about following Jesus first. And the outflowing of our relationship with God that we begin to do good works with other people. We are being significant because of Jesus, period. We're not relying on good works. That's why I don't believe just going out the, outside the church, feed the poor, bless them, happy, see you later. The most important thing we do as a church is to bring people closer to Jesus every day and to the point that they actually accept him as their Lord and Savior. So it's not doing good works that, that saves us or is a foundation of our significance, but good works are to be a result of our salvation. Amen? So the first thing is start by following Jesus. The second thing is we see from the life of this woman, engage in good works. Now, we come to the second thing. We talked about engage in good works. It's very interesting because Acts 9, 36 in this verse, it says here, Dorcas was always, say with me, always. Next point now. Always. Always, always doing good and helping the poor. Always doing good and helping the poor. And I believe that she was already a believer. She was a, this one of the disciples. And one of the things we see in her life, are you guys are following me? Yep. Um, is that she actually was doing good work. She was helping the poor. Now, when you are new in Jesus, I said this before, when you're new in Jesus, where you are new creation, and out of your newness in Christ, that you begin to do good works to others. You know, sometimes you guys feel compassionate towards certain people, towards certain people who are in need. You know what? That is the heart of God. Sometimes we feel that, oh, why I feel a certain way towards others. I shared this with you last week when I was feeding the poor, you know, just a simple food. I was crying. I was trying to hold my tears back because I, I was so repentant of the fact that I did not do that more often. And I feel like I should be doing this more often. That we go out, we feed the poor, we bring Jesus in action to other people. There's one passage I want to share with you. And, and, and this shows the steps of our master. This shows the steps of our Lord, guys. In Acts chapter 10, 38. It said here is that now God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power. Whoa, this is a fantastic thing, right? God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the power, with the Holy Spirit. Listen to this. Comes after that. It said here, and how he went about doing good. You know, today we're empowered not just to feel good about ourselves. When we come to church, we get filled up once again by the power of God so that we will be empowered to go out and do good works. To show the glory of the Lord to the world that's still lost. I love it when the Bible said that the Lord himself, how he went about doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. Church, is God still with us today? A blaze, come on. Is God still with us today? Is God still with us today? We are to do the same thing, that we are empowered by the Spirit of God and the power of God and go about doing good to other people to help others. If we don't do that as a church, we miss out Christianity. We are to go in the name of Jesus. You know, we sang a song, I believe, I believe in the God of Father. 
You know what? I really believe that today is more than just the creed that we sing. It's about the deeds that we go for. Believing is one thing, but doing is another thing. That's why James said that, you know, faith and action, they go together. If you believe in God, but you don't serve others and help others, there's something wrong in the picture. We're not saved by our works, but we're saved to do some good work for the benefit of other people. Ephesians 2, 8 to 10 said this, for it is by grace, you have been saved through faith. How many people got saved already? No one. How, does, how many people have been saved? Amen. Praise the Lord for that. It is not from yourself. It is a gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. For God, for we are God's work, handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. You guys know that your destiny is written before the time you were born. How fantastic is that? That you're meant to be doing good works in advance. So regardless of your past, your destiny has been written already in the mind of God. The question here is that how many of us here believe that God can do that in and through our lives, the blaze? Engage in doing good work. You see, can I just tell you this? You know, I went to Bible study, oh, sorry, I went to Bible college for two years. I got a degree. I shared you guys, I studied a lot. I got four degrees. I spent a lot of time in university. I was a lecturer. I did a lot of education. But one thing I know for sure is, is that it's not about how much that I know. When it comes to Christianity, it's not about how much you know. Actually, knowing has to, has to do very little with living out the Christianity life. Knowing is good. Being is good. But doing is something. It goes together. You believe. And you being. You understanding. You know it. And you being it. And you living it out. They go together. Three things. You know, the world should be a better place because of us, for the glory of God, that God is working in and through us. You know, when I study um, um, this woman's life, actually there's no record at all that she actually preached the word. There's nothing said about her that she went out and sing worship song to the, to the people of her town and led people to Jesus. All that the word of God said about this woman is that she was always doing good, helping the poor. And you know what? That's where it got me to think that sometimes we place a lot of emphasis on something that we think is spiritual rather than something that we think is natural, helping others. You know, you might be the only living word that people see. You might be the only evidence of God's existence, of God's reality. You might be only that person that people see and say, I, I see something different but in you. It's not the perfume that you wear. <laughs> it's not the makeup that you wear. It's not the shirt that you wear. But it's about your life that's so different. I want to know more about that. You know, so don't, don't underestimate the power of doing and living out the true, authentic Christian life. Tabitha, she just simply devoted herself to doing good and to acts of charity that benefited the needy and the less fortunate. Whose life is better off because of yours? Think about that for a sec. Is anybody today that their life has been better because of you, because of the fact that you share God's goodness in their life? You know, for Dorcas Tabitha, she made clothes for widows who lived in her city, some of the need, um, neediest people in the society. They had no one to represent them. You know, she stepped in and she just did what she could. And that leads me to the third point, which is that she also rise above her limitation. Rise above your limitation. You know, actually, we don't know a lot about this woman, right? I mentioned before. 
But you know, one thing is that we learn from the culture back then. You know, being a woman, actually back then, woman was, you know, wasn't supposed to be out there doing a lot of all this, you know, like out there things. You know, most of the times, you know, it was it was a man's job. It was a, you know, men who really um, did a lot of things and 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 and, and change things in the society. But you know, one thing that I know for sure is, is that the Bible actually suggests that she was someone who actually spoke and she was quite prominent because when she died, people cried and people came to her funeral and they were like, no, they refused her death. It's like, no, she's not going to die. She's going to come back to life. I think she was quite prominent. The Bible does not say exactly how, but one thing that we possibly, that she would say, I would just do what I could do. You know, remember Moses? Moses. Moses had a lot of excuses before God when God called him out. And God said, what's in your hand? And he said, I got a staff. Use that. And maybe many of us here today, you might have a lot of excuses. Oh, I got to finish my assignments first before I can start talking to my friend about God. Or maybe I have to finish my degree first before I can actually get committed to the church. We may have a lot of excuses before we can start doing something. But to live a life of significance requires all of us to step outside of comfort zone and begin to rise above your limitations. My question to all of you today, what is in your hands today, guys? What can you bring to the Lord today? What can you do today to extend the kingdom of God? Have you ever thought about the gift and ability that God has given to you? You guys know what? You're going to be accountable to God with what God has given to you today. For some of us, we are so blessed. And remember, we are blessed to be a blessing. That we are meant to be the blessing to other people for the glory of God. So what's the excuse that you might have today? I want to challenge you to rise up above those limitations. You know, a lot of people who are very successful today, they're really great today in their life, not because of they had much in their childhood. No, when you, when, you, when you look at a lot of people who are quite prominent today in our society, they had very little. A lot of them, you know, they were despised by their families, they were ridiculed by others, but today, they stand strong and they're doing really well. Because of what? Because they rose above their limitations at one point of time in their lives. So never let anything stop us from moving forward. You know what? If you have an excuse today, write them down, acknowledge it, and pray to God. God, help me. Put the wings on me. I'm going to fly above those limitations. Amen? And the next thing that we see here is that she also valued faithfulness. Can you say it with me? Value faithfulness. Come on. Wake me up, people. Value faithfulness. You know, I said this before, that she was always doing good and helping the poor. It was her lifestyle. I don't know whether she worked full-time or not, but one thing we know, she, she actually found every opportunity, I would say, most of the time that she would go out and help the poor. It's a lifestyle. Guys, I want to encourage all of us today to develop a lifestyle of service. Now today, we put on a garment of humility, that we put our clothes on, I mean, humble clothes, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Like that we would serve it, serve like you know the service sort of spirit. But then we, we shouldn't say, Oh, that's too little for me to do. You know, don't 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 just pick and choose. You know, in the church of God, it takes everyone to be a part of moving the kingdom of God forward. But one thing will stop us is that when we start to pick and choose. That's why I blaze. I don't want to see all of us here thinking that, oh, well, you know, I'm just going to do this because I like to do it. But be faithful. 
Be faithful to what God has given to you. Be faithful to what you have given. Because when you do that, what you do is that you develop the spirit of faithfulness in your lives. When God said, I can entrust this small thing to you, now I can give you more. That what the word of God says to all of us. That we will continue to say, Lord, I want to be faithful. And the last thing here is this. That we endeavor to leave to leave a legacy. I said already that her life was so impactful, so much so that people missed her so much that they didn't want her to die. That's why they, after Apostle Peter, they urged him to come at once, and they wanted Tabitha to actually come back to life. You know what? She she's just a simple woman. But she was greatly loved. And even death came along and took her away. And the people said, no. You know, when you read the scripture, the Bible said the widows actually went up there and showed, you know, holding the clothes that she actually made for them. Can you imagine this? If one day when you die, of course you were unconscious, and people around you actually brought along the stuff that you gave them, you made specially for them because they were touched by your kindness. Whoa, you know what? I, I don't know about you, but that will be a privilege, you know, like for me, like if people remember, you know. I remember this a few years ago when Billy Graham, you know, he's probably one of the most, um, I mean, fantastic evangelists who are still living today that at his 90th birthday, he actually turned 95 last year, so at his 90th birthday, he got the pile of letters that people actually wrote to him, these people who got saved through his ministry. And when I saw the clip, I said, whoa, my goodness, you know, I, I want to have something like that. You know, when I die, I want to see people actually share the goodness of God, you know, maybe through my life in some way and somehow. So my question for us, what will you be remembered for when you're not around anymore? You guys know what? Your good works today will be remembered even in heaven. Revelation chapter 14 verse 13 said this in a message translation. I heard a voice out of heaven. Write this. Blessed are those who die in the masters from now on. How blessed to die that way. Yes, says the spirit. And blessed rest from their hard, hard work. None of what they have done is wasted. God blesses them for it all in the end. Your good work and hard work for the people of God, people in need, they will not go wasted. They will be remembered. You know, tonight we're talking about how we can live a life significant. And I want to really sum it up by saying this, that you got to choose to serve each day. It's, is this, next slide please. It start by following Jesus. It's engage in good works wherever you go. And you've got to rise above your limitation. Value faithfulness, be a servant for the long haul and endeavor to leave a legacy. Just five things. So, start today. Like this woman, whatever that you're doing today, don't just think, oh, this is too small for me. Start right there. You know, when the leader asks you to do something at life group or at church, don't say no. I prayed about it. You know, Develop a heart of being available and willing just to serve. Remember this, that the life of significance begins when you say yes to God and allow him to lead you. You know, when I went to the Philippines, what I saw, again, very simple, very simple people. And I shared the pictures with you last week. A lot of them that I met, they're just young people. But 
one thing in common that I noticed, they were willing. You know, my heart as pastor of you guys, I don't want to see us to become, how to say this, I don't want us to be known as talented people. I want us to be known as available people. That we say yes to God. That we say, Lord, I don't just want to live my life. I want to make a difference. William James said this, the greatest use of life is to spend it for something that will outlast it. I came across this scripture, the last passage of scripture, 1 Timothy 6, 17. Listen to this. Command those who are rich in the present world not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain but to put their hope in God who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Do you guys know that God is for your enjoyment? All you need to do is to put your hope in Him. Listen to this verse 18. Command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds. So the problem is not having, you know, abundance. The problem is not about being rich. God is not saying it's not good for you to be rich. After all, he blessed you with those riches. But God said that you've got to be rich in good deeds. To be generous and willing to share. Amen. In this way, they will lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age. Listen to this. So that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. Guys, I shared this last week. If you have $8 in your bank account, you are probably the, the richest among billions of people in this world. We all have $8, right? We are rich. We live in a rich country. But the Word of God says that the problem is not us being rich, but the question is that are we willing to share and go out and live this life for other people. You know, when I was writing this passage, this sermon, God spoke to me, a life can truly be lived when we learn to truly give it away. And that's what Jesus said too. A life can truly be lived when we learn to truly give it away. So I don't know where you're at today in your life. I know many of you guys here, you guys are struggling with assignments or, you know, working. And there's so many things in the world. You know, sometimes I just say worries of the world, but these things are not bad. But I pray tonight that God will enlarge our perspective to see something beyond ourselves. Because you will find the riches in serving others. I actually have another clip to show you today. And it talks about a life of significance in a lot of other people who have set an example for all of us. So have a look at it. Significance, what does it mean to you? To physician Martha Myers, significance meant laying down her life in the volatile Islamic country of Yemen way before it was abruptly taken from her. For journeyman Bob Lane, it meant an isolated life in the scorching Amazon jungle but not from his God and the people he daily served. He hunted for his own food, traveled by canoe from one inaccessible village to another, and made an incredible impact in a very remote part of our world. For Eric Reese, significance means living in the dangerous slums of Brazil, literally dodging bullets and sharing the hope of Jesus to the down and out. And for this wealthy, educated woman, Lottie Moon, the life of others, the grimy, poor, and disregarded of China, outweighed her very own. Lottie literally starved to death so that others could live. In 1912, during a very difficult time of war and famine in China, she gave everything she had to help her starving Chinese friend. On Christmas Eve, weighing no more than 50 pounds, her body could not go on anymore. Each year, in honor of what Lottie did, millions give to the Lottie Moon Christmas Offering for International Missions. But there's more to Lottie's life than just her death. 
She was proficient in six languages and became one of the first women to receive a Master of Arts degree. She was not afraid to go to China as one of the first single female missionaries. Lottie was also willing to say what she thought. She fought for the opportunity to speak God's word boldly and vigorously appealed for more workers and for churches to support them passionately with their prayers and financial gifts. Lottie worked tirelessly to serve God unhindered and, in the process, made a mind-boggling impact that broke the social norms of her day, both here in the U.S. and in China. Lottie led in the campaign to end the torturous practice of binding feet, a Chinese custom to enhance a woman's appearance that often led to infection, illness, and sometimes death. Like Lottie, there have been others who have made an undeniable impact upon our world. They have brought slavery to an end, healed the sick, and given God's word to the nations. What about us? How will you and I define significance? Will we sit on the sidelines and idly watch as others like Lottie Moon take Christ to the radical fringes of missions? Or will we get in the game supporting those who are reaching out to the millions upon millions of people who remain in poverty, physically and spiritually? You can make a significant difference. You can do all things through Christ to change our world. But the choice is yours. Lottie Moon followed Jesus, gave her all, and made a lasting impact. Will you do the same? today is that he's saying to us that the future is yet to be written and where will you be in that piece of the history you know the next generations to come when they talk about you when they talk about a blaze and I don't want you to be you know self-righteous or ambitious about oh yeah I'm just gonna conquer the world for Jesus you know I'm not saying that's bad but you will find the true fulfillment in serving God by giving it up, whatever thing that you feel is a privilege for your you yourself. You know, when you let go, I don't know, God will find his way to fulfill us. You know what? I'm, I'm so honored to be able to actually share this message with you guys because you guys are the future church leaders. You guys are the future leaders of this nation. And I want to sow that seed in your heart today that God is still actively using his people to change the world. You know, Lisa said this, and I can say it again. Changing the world is really, really possible. It takes just available and willing people. And I might not get to see in my lifetime but one thing I know for sure is that when, whatever God has started, He will surely bring that to pass. But I want to be remembered that, you know, 12 years in the blaze, that I have done that, my best, to share my heart that aligns with God and encourage ordinary people just like all of us here to dream big for the Lord.